the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona sports, Ain't No Fang. Well, baseball is still technically not a sport because we're all waiting for negotiations to end. Thanks so much for checking out the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody the Bear Fincher. Cody, uh, still no baseball. I'm sick of this crap. We're supposed this to sucks. Have, we're supposed to have pitchers and catchers next week. In a week, and we don't even know. I mean, the two sides can't even agree to sit down together anymore. The yeah. latest news that we saw was, I believe, there's been at least three meetings by this point. Some of that them, sounds about right. Some of them fairly productive. At least we know some of the topics that they're talking about: arbitration and free agency years, yeah. service time manipulation, important things. But now we've gotten to the point where the owners say we want federal mediation to help us out, to sit down with both sides, and the players say, no, how about you guys just come to the meetings and sit down with us, and maybe that's a good start. And I kind of see both sides of this, and I think I'm a fan of the mediation because at least it means they'll sit down and talk to each other. How do you feel confidence-wise that we're going to see any sort of spring training in Arizona? Uh, Not confident at all. Um, I'm not confident that it will start on time. Uh, there's no, no way. There's no way. The first spring, at least the first D-back spring training game is scheduled still for February 28th. That's not. That's not going to happen. I think the league starts February um, 26th. Yeah. So the I don't think that's going to happen. Um, no. It's just the the whole federal mediator thing. It felt kind of like grandstanding on Major League Baseball's part because. In my opinion, I feel like the players... Now, we don't know exactly the exact details of what's been negotiated, who's offered what. But from what we've heard, the public, it seems like the players are the ones making most of the concessions and most of the, okay, well, we'll do this and we'll do that. And the owners aren't really giving an inch on a lot of that. Like, the the players' union wanted that $105 million bonus pool or whatever it was for pre-arbitration players for uh top 30 wins above replacement players or whatever it was and the the owners offered them 10 million dollars or what yeah something which stupid split amongst i don't know how many players that would be but even, even split amongst 10 players that's one million dollars so yeah. i feel like the mlb offering to bring in this federal mediator was well look we're trying and knowing that the players' union would reject it because it's another thing that the both sides have to agree upon for it to happen, which is just not good at all. And it, it just felt like the 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 MLB owners going, you know, to the public saying like, "Hey, look, we're trying to get this. We're trying to bring somebody in to help us, and they don't want it. They don't blah blah blah." And to make the players' side look bad, and it's just it's stupid. Pitchers and catchers, like we said, are supposed to report next next freaking week. And they are still trying to have a season that's going to start on time. That's not going to happen either. If these guys can't, uh, the players can't prepare properly, and you you think you're going to start the season on time, I don't think that's going to happen. There's a tweet from Evan Drellich, uh, MLB insider, saying, uh, Rob Manfred, Dan Halem, and MLB owners are meeting at a hotel near Disney World. Tony Clark and Bruce Meyer are meeting with players in Arizona today. This is a tweet from yesterday. And then later in the week in Florida, Manfred is set to speak to the media Thursday. Oh boy. So that's tomorrow. But guess what? 
they have all these meetings with each other. There's no meeting scheduled between the opposite sides, between MLB and the Players Association. What are we doing here? So you know what you know what he's going to say tomorrow. He's going to say it's not my fault. It's not our fault. It's the players. He's going to announce that they're going to delay spring training. That's what's going to happen tomorrow. Honestly, at this point, what what is today? Today is February 9th. Correct. Spring training is supposed to start. Games are supposed to start in two-ish weeks. And they are nowhere near an agreement to play baseball. No. Of course spring training is going to get delayed. Of course it will. I wouldn't be surprised if they just, you know, had a handful of games this year in spring training and just really focused on... Or, I mean... You might see teams just playing each other in inter-squad games. Playing themselves. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well, because the schedule's going to get thrown out the window. Whether or not they can pick up where they left off, I don't know. All these teams are going to be in Arizona or Florida, respectively, if and when this does become a deal, just because that's where their training facilities are. So I would imagine they would at least be able to do inter-squad games the way that they usually do during spring training. They'll just be more important because you probably aren't going to schedule games in other stadiums. It's unfortunately going to be like the summer camp vibe that we had in 2020. Which was what, two weeks long? Something like two that. Two or three weeks? Yeah, it wasn't that long. No. It was, hey, let's just try to get this in. You know, but if it if that's going to, and for a 60-game season, if you're going to do the same thing for 162 games or around there, I, I don't see a situation where you're not going to... I just can't see them playing a 162 game schedule this year. I can't see it because if you want the players to just all of a sudden show up and in two weeks be ready to play a full season like that, that's not going to fly with the players. They've all they've been able to do is go in their backyards or the local YMCA or a batting cage at a park somewhere and 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 get ready. I know all, a lot of these guys have their own stuff at their homes, but yeah, they're getting ready but now. Yeah, like it's not the same as coming into your team's facility, working with your coaches. The Diamondbacks have a whole new coaching staff besides Tori Lovello. They need to get to know they the need, team. They don't know their own team. That's they're a good not point. allowed to talk to them. They're not allowed to work with them. Nothing. Like how, and I'm sure like the new pitching coach wants to come in and maybe tweak some things with Madison Bumgarner or Zach Gallen or or Luke Weaver, and you aren't able to do that right now. I think that's an important point that you just made because I hadn't really thought about it too much. But to what extent are they not allowed to talk to the team? Like, are you not allowed to act in a? Let's say you're the new pitching coach. Are you not allowed to act in a pitching coach manner with somebody? Could a new coach come to town and call up? Because we let's be honest, the teams have the players' phone numbers. Could they just call up? Uh, I don't know, Madison Bumgarner, and say, "Hey, I just want to get on the same page with you. Can we hook up for lunch or coffee or something?" Honestly, I don't know if Madison Bumgarner drinks coffee, but <laughs> probably not. He probably drinks just. Whis- Can we get together for a moonshine or something? Moon- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, like I don't know this for sure, but I would very much doubt that they are allowed to even speak. No contact. I, I would I would be surprised if if a coach is able to just call up a player during a during a lockout. Yeah. I, I don't see how that's if they're not allowed in the facility or anything, I don't see how that would be allowed. That's such a difficult position to be in as an organization, yeah. especially for the Diamondbacks who 
I mean, I don't want to set everybody's expectations for them, but here's where I'm at, and I think you're in somewhat of a similar situation. This year is a developmental year. I don't expect the Diamondbacks to be playoff contenders, and I don't think most D-backs fans do, mm-hmm. especially with the state of the division currently, where the Dodgers are always kind of king. The San Francisco Giants just came off of a year where they surprised literally everybody, the and Padres. the Padres spent like crazy and have some of the best talent in the entire league, so... You're at best the fourth best team in this conference in this uh, division, and the Rockies they might actually be better than the Diamondbacks. Maybe, but think of a team like the New York Mets who went out and got Max Scherzer, who got Starling Marte, Eduardo Escobar, and a new manager in Buck Showalter. They got a lot of new people that they yeah. got to integrate there. Yeah, and it's this whole thing is just putting a damper on all these teams' plans, but. I mean, I don't know. I, I again, I don't think there is any scenario where spring training is not delayed. One, and I just can't see a season where 162 regular season games are played. I just can't. It'll be interesting to hear what the commissioner Rob Manfred has to say tomorrow. My expectation is that he's going to announce a delay in spring training. It's too close to the start of spring training not to say anything about that. And I hope that he takes questions too. I yeah. hope it's not just a statement, because if it's just a statement on behalf of owners and, and MLB, I'm going to be a little let down. And so I'm hopeful. Oh, that will be, honestly, like, people hate Rob Manfred already. Yeah. Like, oh. a He's lot. He's one of the most hated commissioners he, in sports. He is. And that's hard, because Goodell is already very right, hated. Right, And if he just comes out and says a statement and doesn't take questions or anything like that, that's going to make him look even worse. It's going to make the owners look even worse, to be honest, because the commissioner is just a scapegoat for the owners of any professional sports league. Here's something else that's weird. Two days ago, the Associated Press, breaking news, Major League Baseball has stopped testing players for steroids for the first time in nearly 20 years Due to the expiration of the sports drug agreement. What what isn't expired <laughs> in Major League Baseball? Literally everything is over. Come on. Um, first of all, I didn't realize that their drug agreement had an end date. I feel like this kind of snuck up on me. I didn't realize this was at liberty to be ending this offseason. Or ever, quite frankly. Because right. it feels kind of like when you write a law... And then all of a sudden, like, oh, it's expired. All of a sudden, like we wake up tomorrow and everyone's like, you know what? You can murder people today. Like, it's totally fine. Like that law doesn't exist anymore. Like, wait, what? Like, this is steroid testing. This is what they worked so hard to get out of the game in the late 90s, early 2000s. This was the whole reason the Mitchell report was controversial. It's it's the whole reason we refused to vote Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and Sammy Sosa and all those other guys into the Hall of Fame. Right. And here we are, and we just let it expire? Now, I realize there's a couple of players, like Robinson Cano, who's probably just laughing about this, but at the same time, like, uh, do we have to negotiate that on top of the CBA now? Is this going to be a part of the CBA? I I don't know what the next step is with this. It seems like this is a separate agreement, because I'm just reading the story. They negotiate the agreement was from 2017 to 2021, and the agreement expired uh, at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on December 1st, 2021. So it's been a good two months since they've tested anyone for steroids. And maybe it does kind of coincide with the with the, with the the CBA because I think that's kind of when the 
lockout was happening, right? Or was it Jan- or was that January? I could at least, uh, I think December probably is when it really came down. But I understand if they wanted to negotiate all this stuff at one time so that they don't have to do this every year. They, they don't have to sit down the two sides. I get that. But it feels like the whole sport is crashing down at the same time. I mean, we literally, teams can't go sign players. A week before spring training is supposed to start, you can't sign players. You can't trade for players. You can't even speak to your players or your staff. Now we're not testing anyone for steroids. Listen, you know where I stand on the steroid thing. I think those guys should be in the Hall of Fame. It's not that I think that steroids are the end of the world or the end of the sport. But if you're going to test people for steroids, you got to continue that policy. You can't just let it run out. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous to me. I don't know. I just thought that was kind of crazy. Um, so we're going to have steroids in MLB next year? Maybe that's okay. <laughs> hey, do you remember 1998? I was uh, six, so not really. Okay, well, so was I. But it was kind of fun. Do you remember 1998? I remember the Sosa McGuire race. I remember that being fun. Do you remember 2001 when Barry Bonds hit all those home runs? That was kind of fun. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. Steroid era was fun. I, as a young person, I cared more about action figures and video games than I did sports. You nerd. Shut up. Until (laughs) I was... Shut up, Steve. Like, you didn't play with action figures. I totally did. Um, But, like, sports were, like, not my number one focus when I was not six to nine years old. But you think back... I, of course, remember the 01 World Series, obviously. Right, but you think back, and these were fun times in baseball. I'm not saying the guys didn't cheat. They did. Barry Bonds cheated. Sammy Sosa cheated. Mark McGuire admitted to cheating. Isn't it funny how we haven't had anything like like a single-season home run record chase since the steroid era? Have we even had a guy hit 60 since... I think we've had a few guys hit like 50-something. Who was the last guy to hit 60? Did Griffey ever do it? In a season? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's a research stat for another time. But, like, the point is valid. There's a lot of home runs hit in today's game, probably more than there ever were. Home runs are up, strikeouts are up. Batting averages are down. But at the same time, I think back to the steroid era, like late 90s, really the whole 90s, and then the early 2000s, it was kind of fun. The last... Hold on one second. It was kind of a fun time. Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz tested positive, by the way. That was kind of fun. I'm not. I'm not condoning it. cheating. I'm just like over here thinking to myself, like hey, maybe not testing people for steroids isn't the worst thing in the world. But if you're gonna do it, do it and don't let it run out. Don't let your policy just run dry like you did with the CBA, and now you can't come to terms. And we're all sitting here waiting, twiddling our thumbs, waiting for baseball to start, because that's where I'm at right now. The last time someone hit sixty was in. Let's see here. I feel like Beltre hit like 57 or something. Yeah. I'm trying to find the list. A-Rod hit 51 year. Sammy Sosa hit 64 in 01. Bonds hit 73 in 01. Right. So that's the last time someone's hit 60. So Griffey never did At least 60. No. Okay. Uh, Barry Bonds, 73. Maguire, 70. Yep. In 98. Sammy Sosa, 66 in 98. Maguire, 65 in 99. Sosa, 
in 01, 64, Sosa in 1999, 63, Roger Maris, 1961, he hit 61 home runs, and then Babe Ruth in 1927 hit 60. The closest to that recently, Giancarlo Stanton in 2017 hit 59 home runs. Hmm. Again, not condoning cheating, <laughs> but it was kind of fun. Does that make me a bad person? Luis Gonzalez hit 57 in 2001. Yeah, he did have a great year. Uh, let's move to, since we are a Diamondbacks If Barry Bonds had hit 73 in 01, he might have been closer to the, to the record. Uh, let's move to the Diamondbacks. Biggest news I've heard about the Diamondbacks in probably at least a year. And it has nothing to do with the actual team. It has everything to do with probably the greatest Diamondback of all time. That's my opinion. Okay. Randy Johnson. Yes. First of all, do you agree with that? Is he the greatest Diamondback of all time? He's um, definitely the best player to ever play for the D-backs. I, yes. Yes, for sure. His his star for burned sure. very bright for a short period of time and He won like four Cy Young Awards in a row. Yeah. Or something like that. That's about as bright as it gets right. for a pitcher. And he wasn't even like... But he wasn't here like 20 He years. wasn't even young in those years. He, <laughs> he, didn't, was, he didn't start here. He definitely didn't... Well, he might have finished here, but I can't remember. No, he finished in San Francisco. San Francisco? He won okay. His, ugh. The one of the... Trigger so he won his 300th game, right? Correct, and oh. he should have never. It should have never happened. Yeah, I know. Should have never happened. That's a whole other story. So, Randy Johnson, you're you're sitting there wondering on, on this. You're on the edge of your seat, like, what's the news with Randy Johnson? What happened? Nothing bad. In fact, something quite good. And we, the two of us, we play MLB the Show, which is quickly yes. becoming uh, the equivalent in its sport to Madden, like. Madden is a worse game than MLB the Show at this point. But it's the but it's the only professional. Right. Like Madden's the only professional football game there is right now. MLB The Show is the top notch of I all mean, baseball th- games. There's also RBI baseball, but I don't no, count that, that game. Count. That game is not very good. That doesn't count. Sorry, sorry if you sorry like people R- Sorry there. if you like RBI baseball. Um Randy Johnson is going to be in MLB The Show 22, which is coming yes. out I think in April. Yes. Um we're going to see video game baseball before real baseball <laughs> yeah, probably. Some people are probably sitting there thinking, uh why wasn't Randy Johnson already in the game? They do have legends in the game, but they have to get the rights to in name and likeness they're, to all these players, they're nil. So every year there's new names. Last year the big one was Pedro Martinez was inserted into MLB 21. So this, this year, year it's one Rand- of the big ones is Randy Johnson. One of the ones they revealed a couple in their gameplay trailer today. Yeah, Randy Johnson, who I actually missed watching the trailer. I missed it. Um, it was a big reveal at the I, end. I must have. You know what? I did. did you turn it off? I did. Oh I turned it off. God, sorry. That's what happened. Because I'm you. like, so I saw a screenshot. I'm like, what? No way. And then I'm like, I must the have trailer, missed it, blah, blah, blah. So the trailer ends, and then it fades to black, and then it fades back up. And, oh, it, and the camera I is definitely, going up. like It keeps going up and up and uh, up and up, and it's Randy Johnson. I missed it. That's what it I was. turned it off because it faded to black. Anyway, Randy yeah. Johnson and Ryan Howard. Yeah, are, that's the other one they added are in, in it. That should be good. Kind of a different. I mean, those are two very different players. Obviously, yeah, for sure, for very obvious reasons. But Ryan Howard hasn't been in the game since he was in the league either. There's uh, both of these players would have been in MLB the Show when they played. There's an account I follow um, on Instagram called MLB Vault, and they just show old clips of stuff okay and ryan howard and randy johnson actually faced each other in 2008 i saw that video and today randy johnson struck him out yeah that <laughs> he was 
Th- he and, struck yeah. out a lot of people. Let's yeah, but he was. That was when he wasn't throwing ninety seven anymore either. I thought about he made him look dumb. I thought about retweeting that video and just saying, "Put this moment in the game, you cowards." <laughs> Have that be a moment. <laughs> yeah. Though they do that in the game where you yeah, can play real life sure. m- moments uh, from people's They careers. also announced, um, I don't know if you saw this, they also announced that in that game that they had to rework a bunch of code um, because it didn't work last year in last year's game. Um, if you don't know, Shohei Otani is on the cover of this year's game. Super cool cover. Uh, the cover is awesome. The MVP cover is, is awesome, too. It's like an anime-style cover. It's really cool. Um, and... Last so last year, and how the Angels use Shohei Otani is he's a DH, but he's also a starting pitcher. And when he pitches, he's also in the lineup. Um, right. But in last year's game, you weren't able to have him start and be on uh, in the lineup. You couldn't just put him anywhere. No, you it could, either had to be in your rotation or in the field. Yeah, if he's not pitching, you can have him in your lineup. But on the day that he's pitching, you can't have him in the lineup. Apparently, Ramon Russell, I don't know what his title is, but he's like the big spokesperson for yeah. MLB The Show. He announced today, I don't know what show he was on or what program it was, uh, I just saw it on Twitter, that they had to rework a bunch of code, and now you can do whatever, you can do exactly what the Angels do with Shohei Otani. You can have him... A two-way player. Yeah, he's a legitimate two-way player, because he was. He basically said before, the game didn't doesn't know what a two-player, two-way player is. You're right. either a pitcher or you're, you're a fielder slash hitter, and you can't do both. And they had to rework a bunch of code, but now, oh my gosh, it's going to be so fun. Good thing they figured so that out. Fun. Good thing they figured that out because I'm going to be using Anthony Rizzo out of my bullpen. So, just saying. <laughs> that happened last year. I think he struck out Freddie Freeman. He did strike out Freddie um, Freeman. How about that for him? Frederick? <laughs> right. I think that's pretty cool. And they've been working on that for a couple of years, I know. Yeah. So, it's cool that they finally figured it out. Dude, um, amazing that it takes that long to figure that do you, out. Do you think we're going to. You think that game will come out before we have any live baseball games? It comes out um, April 5th. When is the first actual regular season game scheduled for? Late March, probably? I would assume so. I don't actually if know. If spring training starts late February, or is supposed to, then well, late so, March will be the first yeah, game. So yeah. uh, it'll be pretty close. It'll be pretty close. I wouldn't be shocked if we see MLB The Show before we get real games, and that's so sad. If you're a franchise, if you play that game and you play a lot of franchise like me, and the lockout is still happening by then. Everyone's going to be a free agent, like Carlos Correa. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Those guys will be all. Free I was agents. talking about that with a friend today, and he said, "Well, what are they going to do when they figure all the CBA stuff out?" And I was like, "What do you mean? The game can come out regardless." He's like, "Yeah, but there's going to be a flurry of teams picking up players. Oh, they're going to have so many updates. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> going to have so many up- because yeah, man, like Car- guys like Carlos Correa, he's still a free agent." Um, oh Tre- my God, Trevor Story that. is still a free agent. Chris Bryant is still a free agent. There are a lot of really good players that are still free agents. And again, like it goes back to our to our lockout discussion about you know, how quickly are they going to want to get these guys turned around. These guys got to find teams. Plus, they gotta, plus and there's no heard- negotiate. I mean, I'm sure there's some back channel talking right now. I'm right. sure there is. But um, that you'll never find out about. But there's just there's going to be a a like you said a flurry of free agency moves. There has to be. There, there's it's no, there's no doubt. There's and Steve no Cohen's going to buy every player on the market. Oh jeez, 
the Mets will sign everybody. Um, plus, we've heard rumors of organizations like the Yankees reportedly are very, very interested in trading for, or not trading for, signing Freddie Freeman. I think you have yeah. to sign him. He's a free agent. Oh, yeah. he Yeah. So they're Freddie interested Freeman in that. is not a brave. But that also tells me they're probably going to trade Luke Voigt. <laughs> So, yeah. like, there's, there's a lot of a stuff lot of moving pieces. Gotta, yep, yeah, exactly. Uh, also, on the Diamondbacks' radar, they you can during this period you can sign players to minor league deals. So you might recognize the name Dan Straley, uh, who's a major league pitcher. I think he hasn't played since 2019, if I remember right. Not in the majors. Yeah. Not in the majors. Yeah. So Dan Straley signed to a minor league deal with the Diamondbacks. Uh, how do I react to that? Well. I don't know that he has a huge role in the major league rotation, but as you know, with any organization, you want to have seven, eight, maybe even nine guys who are going to come up and pitch in your rotation throughout the season due to injuries. Lord knows we're in a society now where anybody can go down with COVID at any time, knock on wood. Of course, I'm not wishing that on anybody, but it's the reality of the world we live in now. So what was your reaction to Dan Straley? Is there real major league ramifications to having a guy like him? In your uh, system? Well, I mean, it's obviously a depth a depth move, right? I mean, he, yeah, he hasn't pitched uh, in the major league since 2019 with the Baltimore Orioles, and he uh, he did not have a good year. His uh, he, I feel like you're being nice. He, <laughs> yeah, he pitched in. Well, he, he, here's this too. He only pitched in 14 games, started eight of them in that year. His ERA was 9.82. Oh, so not oh. Great, not great. Not great. Is he also maybe a candidate to just try out in spring? Sure. And, I mean, if there is a yeah, spring. But it, it, on the on the flip side, though, he's been in the Korean baseball organization for the last two years. And in 360 and a third innings, he has a 3.22 ERA. So maybe he figured something good. out there. And the Diamondbacks have had a, some decent success with the KBO. Merrill Kelly Pitt was, or he was in Japan though. I think he was in Japan, or maybe he was in the KBO. I can't remember. I think he was in the KBO. Yeah, I Mer- can't remember. Merrill Kelly, I, I believe, was in the KBO, and he was pitching well overseas, and he's been pretty decent they, since coming to the D-backs. It's so. not the same, but bullpen. I mean, Yoshi came from sure, yeah, from I think Japan. Yeah, I think he was in Japan. Um, so they so, they've dipped into that it's foreign market before. a couple yeah. times. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, it doesn't hurt anything. I mean, this is a, it's a minor league contract. It's a guy that can be some depth if some guys get hurt or aren't pitching well or what have you. So yeah, I mean, it's it's a decent move again if he can be the three point two two ERA pitcher that he was in the KBO. That's pretty dang good. And as for a comparison, I mean, the KBO is often compared to AAA caliber baseball. Uh, A lot of, I don't want to say washed up, but former major league players who went to uh, the Korean leagues because they could make a little bit more money over there for a year or two. Um, You get some up and comers over there. It's it's strictly a depth move for the D-backs. I mean, Dan Straley is 33 years old. I don't hate it. No, it's fine. It's it's a a decent little move. That's the only thing they can do right now. Um, I did see that our good friend Keith Law, and I say good friend because I'm not actually friends with him, but I feel like what I feel like D-backs fans have a uh, love hate relationship, just not a lot of love. I can't even remember what he said. I remember him being very negative about the D-backs. Well, to be honest, I can't even remember what it was now. But to be honest with you. Wasn't the D-backs organization kind of deserving of that criticism for a long time? Right now, we're about to talk about their farm system in a second and how good it is. Yeah. But I don't remember that being a thing before the Hazen administration. No, it well, or in the 
La Russa Stewart era, no, their farm they system emptied was the farm. terrible. They traded all of their players away. Um, they gave up their number one pick and top prospect in Dansby Swanson to the Braves for Shelby Miller. And it's not like the Major League Club was making the playoffs every year. No. In fact, far from it. No. I mean, what? If, when did they make the playoffs? 2017? 20, and before that, 11, 2011. 2011. Yep. And before, and before that, that, I don't even 2007. know. Yeah. So you can hate Keith Law all you want as a fan, but the guy knows what he's talking about when it comes to prospects, yeah. and he ranked all of the farm systems around Major League Baseball. D-backs fans will be very ticked off to know that the Dodgers are the number one system in baseball. They're just better than everybody when it comes to this stuff. And they pay out out the wazoo for the guys that they have in their front office, and they know what they're doing. But the D-backs came in third on his list. Give us some of the reasons why you think Keith Law thinks so highly of the D-backs farm system. Um, Well, apparently, and it's they have a lot of pitching depth in their farm system, but Unfortunately for the major league club, a lot of those guys are not anywhere close to. They're not AAA guys. They're not. They're they're lower A ball guys, um, but they do have guys like Corbin Carroll and Jordan Lawler. Um, they're both in there, and uh, unfortunately for them, both had season-ending shoulder surgery. Yeah. Um, the D-backs have a, have decent players in their minor league system. Geraldo Perdomo, it's who awesome. came up this past he year, he did. Um, and, uh, I can't remember, uh, I mean, Alec Thomas, Alec Thomas. Thank you. Alec Thomas was playing really well in the minor leagues this year. I think he went from double A to triple A this year. Or past, he might be the best year. hitter in the minors. Honestly, you're probably right. Um, I think he and Perdomo have a good chance to make the major league roster this year because let's be honest, the D-backs don't have a lot of talent on their major Not league roster. Not out of spring, though. But no. Well, yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be there out of spring. Perdomo's uh, es- blocked by Nick Ahmed. Especially Alec Thomas. I don't think he'll be up. Um, Perdomo has a good chance, I guess, because he can play second or short. Um, but it all depends, too, on the whole service time manipulation thing. It doesn't really count for Perdomo anymore, I don't think, because he did play He's in been the majors. Up, yeah. Uh, Last year, so it counts more for guys like Carroll and Thomas and and uh, and well, Lawler's not coming up anytime soon. They just drafted him, and he got hurt too. But um, I I hope to see those two guys in the major leagues this year. And like you and I were talking in text about this list, and you you were saying that I want to see them face major league pitching. Yeah, and yeah, that's the whole key, right? You can hit as well as you want in the minor leagues, but if you can't hit the major league pitching, then you're not going to do anything. Yeah, I think too. I mean, I, I have this forward view a couple of years in the future where your outfield could look like you know Dalton Varsho, Alec Thomas, and Corbin Carroll are all out there. Maybe Christian Robinson gets back into the grand scheme of all these things. He's a great. We know he's a great, talented prospect, but. Uh, he's had legal issues, and he punched a cop, and he couldn't get back into the country. I don't know where we're at on all of that, by the way. I haven't seen reporting on that in a very long time, um, so I don't know his situation. But they have top-end prospect talent. Nobody that's like a next-level superstar-level player, but they've got a bunch of those guys that we just named. Corbin Carroll, Christian Robinson, Alec Thomas. Those are three outfielders who are all starting-caliber Major League outfielders. Well, let's just read what Law said about them. I have it right in front of me. He says, 
Diamondbacks number three, of course. Well, let's get this out of the way and just real quick. The Dodgers are, of course, the number one farm system. Stupid yeah. Dodgers. Hate them. And the Mariners are number two. Um, but here's what he says about the Diamondbacks farm system. He says, a scout who covered Arizona's system said it might not have a great top 10, but it has one of the best top 50s of any other team in baseball. Depth. I disagree on the first half because the Diamondbacks have two potential star position players, both coming off shoulder surgery, and a large collection of potential mid-rotation or better starters, three of whom made my top 100. I agree on the second half, though, as their system is one of the deepest in baseball, especially in pitchers who project to, to some sort of major league value. It should just get better. It should just get better this year as they'll draft second overall whenever the rule is it rule four draft or rule five draft? I think it's changed to rule four this what? year. What? Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Why do they keep the changing details. things? I don't know. Whenever, okay, anyway. It, it, We're probably going to have to negotiate that they'll, too. They'll draft second overall whenever the rule four draft takes place and yeah. they'll get Corbin Carroll, Jordan Lawler, and hopefully Connor Grames. I don't know who that is, back from injuries. And perhaps Christian Robinson will return to the field as well. That's a yeah. big key, like you were saying. Yeah. Christian Robinson, if he can get his whole legal situation worked out. He has all the talent in the world to be And a, how much has he been playing during all this? I honestly don't I know don't the know. answer to that. I have no idea. I'm interested to hear about his situation. I just don't know when and where we're going to get that information. Right. Um, yeah, no, that's a great evaluation of the system. I think they are deep. Mike Hazen and Ami Sade have been working for years to expand this farm system and to just get as much talent as you can in the system. Again, they don't have any like top five, top ten prospects in the game of baseball. They don't have Bobby Witt Jr. or right. Wander Franco right, or right. anything like that. But if Jordan Lawler can turn into a starting caliber shortstop, that's great. Because the last time that the Diamondbacks groomed a shortstop was Nick Ahmed. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. He just does one thing really, really well. Defense. And everything else, eh, yep, not really. Um, yeah, I mean, and I'll always say this too, and Mike Hazen has said this in the past, you don't have a top farm system to just have a top farm system. No. You want to either those guys need to contribute to your major league team or you need to trade some of them to get someone that contributes to their sure. to your major league team. And we saw that happen in 20 before the 2020 season before COVID, they traded two top 15 prospects, I believe it was top 15 for Starling Marte. To Pittsburgh, to yeah, to Pittsburgh. And Brendan Brendan Malone, I can't ooh, the, the other, other one's guy. hard. He was an eighteen or seventeen, maybe year old shortstop. I can't remember his name. Martinez, I might be wrong can't about remember. that. Can't remember. Who it was. Okay, yeah. Anyway, very young kid, but the, yeah. but the, but they were depth. They were not top five we, prospects. We saw it again with trading Jazz Chisholm to the Marlins for Zach Gallen. Um, that was a little different. But Zach Gallen has contributed to the Major League roster. Correct. Jazz Chisholm, and he was already in the majors when they traded for him. Jazz Chisholm was, was a, not. Was a minor leaguer. Yeah. yeah. So and That's fair. That I think that's worked out for both teams, to be honest with you. Jazz Chisholm has yeah. kind of turned into a pretty nice and Zach Gallen's probably your best pitcher. Yeah. So Definitely your best pitcher. I am still hoping that they at least make a move with some of these guys in this system. I would like to see, hopefully, and it's probably not going to happen, but it would be nice if Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, and Christian Robinson were your starting outfield. But I think there's only room for maybe two of those guys in there. Well, it, Darton Varsho's probably got a spot in the outfield for the for the foreseeable future because yeah. he's not going to be a catcher. Yeah. And I don't see him anywhere else in the infield. So... Paven Smith, I don't think is an outfielder. I think he's probably the the future at first base. And you have Seth Beer. 
And you have Seth Beer, who's probably not an outfielder. Is probably Again, a first dep- base DH. And all this too is if do they have the universal DH and they do they implement that this year? You know, we I won't on- know because there's a lockout. I honestly, I I don't even know that they're going to get to that in the negotiations. They might just like there's so many other bigger that. things. There's so many other bigger things they're dealing with here, like things that actually matter, like free agent time and, and arbitration, service time and money, arbitration. Money, like money. All of that is going to take place before they even remotely get close to talking about DH. I think it's still an important topic, though, because if you do have a universal DH, that's more jobs for potential players in the National League. It's also more money you're going to have to spend. National sure. League teams will have to spend one extra There's contract. There's going to be teams, though, like the D-backs who, you know... There hasn't really been that like the the D, like a big poppy David Ortiz DH Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz is the only guy I can think of Nelson that's Cruz still is playing definitely that guy uh, that's still playing Edwin Encarnacion but he's not but he's really not really playing anymore not as much no he was, but recently he yeah he won. was one of the last ones um that's all, honestly that's all like well Giancarlo Otani. Giancarlo Stanton. Otani, but he's, Otani, but he's also a pitcher. Right. He's the most um, versatile player and he in the could, league. You know what? Honestly, I bet if you threw him in the outfield, he'd be a gold glover. He's that Shohei? athletic. Yeah. He's yeah, that he, athletic. You just can't do that yeah. and expect him no. to pitch. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, but so there's not that many guys that are out there just that That's are fair. just DHing. So there's going to be like a, and a lot of National League teams who don't have already that guy on their team, like the D backs. They're just they would probably just throw Seth Beer as their DH. Yeah, and, and Paven Smith at first. I feel like maybe too the sport has advanced a little bit to the point where we don't have a bunch of big dudes like David Ortiz playing baseball anymore. Yeah. Like it used to be it, it would be it, take your biggest guy, take him out of the field, put him at DH. Adam Dunn. Yeah. Is the prime example it, and he played for the Diamondbacks. I, for I a while. feel like in the National League at least for a little bit it would be used more as okay, let's get this guy a day off and rotate off of, off of his feet for sure from in, out in the field, you know what I mean? A lot of AL teams see, do that. You could see like hey, Cattell Marte's played however many games in center and second and whatever. Give let's, him a half day let's off. give him a let's give him a little bit of a rest and have him just hit. Yeah. You can see Cartel Marte DH for the D-backs. I saw happened. a great story by the way. I can't remember who I saw this from. Uh, it was a couple weeks ago when we talked about David Ortiz going into the Hall of Fame, and it was a story about how somebody in the club was sitting in the clubhouse during a game, and Big Poppy's on the couch next to him, and Poppy's on the phone with somebody <laughs> in his camp or whatever, right? And he's talking, and he's talking, and he's talking, and he goes, hey, hold on a sec, I gotta go, uh, I, this is my terrible impression of David Ortiz, he goes, hold on a sec, I gotta go hit. <laughs> and he puts the phone down on the couch, and the guy, the reporter, or whoever it was that I read the story yeah. from... Uh, says the phone just sat there on the couch, and Poppy goes down the hall, up the stairs, grabs a bat, grabs a helmet, walks out, hits a home run over the fence, trots around the base pads, puts the bat away, puts the helmet away, comes back into the clubhouse, picks up the phone, and just picks up the conversation right where he left off. <laughs> and it was a, it's a machine. phenomenal story it's that I, I was reading. Because that was, I mean, that was David Ortiz, I guess, on some level. Yeah, but there's not anyone But we like, don't have DHs like that anymore. Yeah. I, Nelson Cruz is the last he's the, DH. He's... <laughs> Yeah, he's and he's damn good at it too. He's still really good. He's like forty-two years old, hitting he's thirty-five really home good. runs. Yeah, I mean, why else would the Rays want him? And he's a free agent too. So if that creates even more opportunities for a guy like him, to a lot more places he could go play. Uh, the DH would solve one major question for the Diamondbacks: What do you do with Seth Beer and Paven Smith and Paven Smith on some level? But you still have Christian Walker too. Yeah, he's still around. 
So are you willing to move off of him in favor of Pavin Smith? And I, I would be, personally. I um, agree but, as well. But when you don't have anybody better than Pavin in right field, it's hard to look at right field and say he doesn't deserve that spot. So, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's just me. Hey, uh, you saw some sort of ranking of uniforms. Are the D-backs oh, yes. on that list? They are on that list. Um, All-time great uniforms? Is that what this is? Yes. Let me find it real okay, quick. cool. Sorry um, to bring that up. It's the top 20. Um, where in the world? Oh, I, I didn't send that is to you. Is the number one the Yankees? No. I feel like that's the most it's iconic not. jersey. The number one is the actually the Dodgers. What? Yeah. The Dodgers? Yeah. Why? I don't know. Is that the best uniform? Where in the world? I don't think that's the best uniform. Far from it, actually. I can't find it. Anyway, the uh, I believe it was the Dodgers were number one, the Yankees were two, the okay. Red Sox were three. Yeah. Can't remember History four or five. plays a big role. The Diamondbacks, the 1998 to 2006 purple uniforms were number 19 on that list. Was that the vest? It was... They just included... All of that, like their colors, oh, their whole scheme, purple, okay. teal, all that stuff. But the picture they showed a bit was, of a cop out was okay. Randy Johnson in the vest. Yeah, and okay. that's my favorite uniform. It's gotta be. Um, it's gotta be. It, it, they still wear it. It coincides with winning, and it was just so great. It was so weird, and it it was just it was unique at the time. The only team that still features purple as a prominent uh, color in the uniforms are the Colorado Rockies. Yeah. That makes sense. Who were actually around before the D-backs, so they kind the of... Brewers first, is but blue, right? Yeah, it's blue it's and like a yellow. Or and, okay. Yeah. Um, kind of ha- looks purple. They had the uh, new Padres mustard and yellow as a top 10 option. I love that They also scheme. They also included a couple of the city city jerseys they released this year. The Marlins oh. one was on there, cool. which I liked, and the White Sox was on there. I'm um, a little surprised the D-backs are that high. Because yeah. I feel like there's not a lot of love for Arizona's teams nationally, right? In anything, yeah. I mean, people don't believe Devin Booker's a good basketball player nationally. Like, <laughs> still, you know what I mean? Like, still, yeah. So I'm a little, I'm a little surprised that they popped up third on the list. You said or fourth? Where were the D backs? Nineteenth. Oh, nineteenth. Yeah, I thought you said they were fourth. No, they, after were 19th, the Red Sox. they were nineteenth. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. I can only remember the top three. I can't find this stupid story, but yeah, I feel like you uh, misled me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but that's cool. They made the list, even. They had on their um, I the can't, franchise has only been around for like twenty five years. I can't remember what year it was, but I guess a year like nineteen twenty something. The Brooklyn Dodgers wore uh, satin jerseys what made that? out of satin. Really? Yeah. Is that like velvet or silk or something? I think they were satin. Like, I don't understand like materials. Yeah. I have no, <laughs> I have no mater- understanding you, of that. Yeah, corduroy. What is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but those were on there too. So my mother is so disappointed uh, in me right now. But yeah, I, those are my favorite jerseys. The uh, the O one vest D back ones. That's my favorite all time. How jersey. stupid would it be? We talked earlier about Randy Johnson being in MLB The Show. How stupid would it be if they didn't put him in that jersey? Like if you couldn't get that jersey, surely, you can. Surely you can. Yeah. If you couldn't, that would be messed honestly. Up. You know what? That's one of my favorite jerseys. The the vest the, with the purple it's sleeves. Be. Yeah, they're all purple ones. You remember that? You remember those? Yeah, all purple with I think it was just Arizona or D backs Diamondbacks written across the chest. That's a sick jersey too. I you know and they never wear those even for throwback nights. I think their current whites with teal lettering or like the black letters but teal outline. The current yeah, one. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's. Yeah. I think that's really clean. I. I that's actually. My 
I actually like their current jerseys. Yeah. Um, when they first changed to the to like kind of what they're using now, the design, but they had the stupid like snake skin looking stuff. Oh, on the, the gradient. Sh- yeah, the, the, the shoulders awful. and the hat. The and they even awful. started when they first did it, had it on the bottom of their pant legs. So like it looked like they were bleeding. They even acknowledged the team even knew. They were like, okay, this we got the, it. But they had to they changed that really But quick. they had to wear it for like a year because they can't just Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't even picking up like on TV correctly. Yeah. Like, it well, was weird. They had they were still wearing the red hat with the diamondback D on it. And they had the black gradient across it, and it just looked like everyone was really sweaty. Like that's what it looked like on TV. I honestly, th- I think the Diamondbacks organization has had some really great uniforms and some really creative logos. Mm-hmm. They just need to stick to stuff, right? Because <laughs> well, it seemed like I feel every, like in the twenty-five years, every of this nine team, years they, they change, change everything yeah. all I, the time. Again, I really like their current jersey. I think they're clean. I think they're pretty slick looking. Um, even the uh, City Connect ones, the uh, uh, Los Serpientes were pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, but yeah, I, I love the red ones, the black ones, and even this, their plain home whites, not the teal ones, just the plain home whites I like a lot. You know how the Serpientes jerseys are like a sand color, yeah, kind yeah, of, like uh-huh. a desert thing? Mm-hmm. I saw, I don't remember who it was, somebody locally tweeted a like a altered picture of Kyler Murray in a Cardinals Basically the same Cardinals uniform that they've always had since like the 50s, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, since the 1800s. And, uh, <laughs> but instead of white, everything is sand, like tan. And I thought it was kind of badass. I thought it was kind of cool. Interesting. I mean, the, I mean, they did it with the D-backs, right? Why can't you do it with the Cardinals? Yeah. Kind of like a desert storm. Don't they have like a desert storm uniform with ASU or something? I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, ASU has a lot of uniforms. Well, yeah, they're kind of like college Oregon, teams have like 17 uniforms yeah. every season. I don't love that either, but every now and then you're going to hit on one, I guess. Well, when Oregon is literally like funded by the owner of Nike, you're going to get a lot of stuff. That's true. Must be nice. I hope the Suns never change their uniforms. Like, I love the Valley the, jerseys. Off the purple and orange. I want everything the Valley. I want all of it. I want one of those jerseys really bad. All you of can't it. find them anymore. No? Well, you, they just re-released them again in the team store, I think, but I couldn't make it down to the team store. Oh. I'll get you one for your birthday. Yeah. Don't hold me to that. What? Um, so tomorrow. That's on record. This isn't going anywhere. <laughs> this is on the internet. Um, super interested to hear what Rob Manford has to say tomorrow. He's probably the most hated commissioner in sports right now. Well, I don't know. Goodell also spoke today. <laughs> But uh, they can duke it out for who. They should have just a boxing match with each other. I'd pay to watch everyone. Everyone else is boxing each other. All right, so we'll keep tabs on that. We'll maybe have an update for you later on. Set it up, Jake Paul. Undercard: Roger Goodell versus Rob Manfred. I'm Steve Zinsmeister for Cody Fincher. Thanks so much for checking out the podcast this week. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.